Batman Universe. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Batman Universe. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, Andy DiGenova. And I am Jamie McGowan. And welcome back you on, let, on this lovely morning. You always let me introduce myself, and I, I always manage to just botch it and just do your that's okay. intro. You, I know you get nervous. I do. And that's what happens. I'm just not a pro like you, man. It's, yeah. it's, I don't know about a pro. <laughs> but I, 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 I stand by it. I just, you are a pro, buddy. <laughs> You nailed it. Yeah, all right. Well, this good. is your unofficial audition for uh, the DC All Access. We, we've been saying, like, Andy should have that position. He should be the DC All Access guy. Well, that would be fun. <laughs> I would love that. Um, anyway, Sorry. This, is, this is your source for all Batman news for the week uh, with Andy and Jamie. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, and this episode is brought to you by Delicious Taco Bell Breakfast. Oh, our unofficial sponsor, Andy, was an absolute trooper and a delight and uh i'm pretty sure he's going to be the godson the godfather to every one of my kids at this point it's all it takes because, a little taco bell oh it's all it is it goes a long way but uh he brought us delightful taco bell breakfast this morning <laughs> with cinnabon coffee and uh, there is a twinkle in my eye this you morning know, let me just say it's a great way to start the day <laughs> so and, and taco bell gives us no money but if they'd like to they're welcome to oh yeah right? absolutely we'll take it we'll, we'll keep plugging it. them we'll take free food it's cool like we'll t- what exactly. yeah, you can pay me in crunch wraps t-shirts so oh yeah we'll take we'll, that is currency in our world uh, so let's get started with this week's news uh, first we'll start as always with the movies and we've got some uh, Justice League slash Batman v Superman news the first piece is that Michael Wilkinson, who is the costume designer, uh, who works with Zack Snyder on these, on this new DC Cinematic Universe, he had some stuff to say about Aquaman. He's worked with Snyder previously on Sucker Punch, Watchmen, and Man of Steel, and he said this, It's been a thrill and an honor to bring this iconic character to life for a modern audience. This is, of course, what he's talking about Aquaman which we freaked out about last week. (coughs) Indeed we did. He also said Zack Snyder has a brilliant vision for making this character powerful and relevant. He continues, I enjoy designing a costume that reflects this vision and honors the character's rich legacy. And this is from... Too Fab. Is that a website or a magazine? Or I forgot I to look it up, but yeah. I don't know what Too Fab is, but it comes from Too Fab. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of random uh, news sources with these. I, I always cite them on our, our show notes, but, um, you know, there's like superhero hype and some of these other ones are like more common, but every once in a while, yeah, we'll get Too Fab. And I want to give credit where credit is due, even if I don't know what it is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so. thanks, anyway. Too Fab. Good, thanks. Great interview at, at you know, the. Uh, Wherever, I know I was going to say the Oscars, but I don't even know if that was there. But anyways, good to know. Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, he has experience doing it. And uh, have you you heard any more as any other people backlashing about it? Like I said, a little bit. I I heard a little bit here and there. Uh, So last week I think I said it was like 90% positive. Now I'd bump that down to about 80% because I've I've seen a few few outliers here and there that that don't uh, like it. But I still found the vast majority to be positive. We've heard Um, the whole hobo. Like he looks like a... Yeah, like a little too rough around the edges. But I don't know, man. He's just a rugged sea... Like think of a sea captain, you know? Is he clean shaven and, you know, I, I don't know. Like a man of the sea... He generally, and I, and I say that very carefully, a man of the sea, and not the other way around, is <laughs> rugged, you yeah. know? He's, well, and again, they're going for a very godlike king of Atlantis, yeah. and so it adds to his intimidating presence. I don't I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's exactly what, I mean, we, we had talked about this before, yeah. you know, and I think this is, 
almost verbatim what we were thinking it was going to be, you know, as far as stylistically. And so, yeah, we're, we're still happy about it. I'm still pumped. So. I think I think it looks great. And uh, the costume designer, I think he did excellent work here. I think I think he did excellent work on Man of Steel. Uh, obviously, excellent work on Batman. We were very happy with that suit. So it seems like Snyder's got the right guy to bring these characters to life because I've been happy with, with all of them. Yeah. And I get, I get some of the, like... Uh, after we had done our podcast, Ralph Garman was on the on the radio, and you know, obviously, he's a massive Batman fan, as we've uh, talked about before. But he generally doesn't care for Snyder's takes, it seems like. And you know, one of his arguments was, it's like, you know, why can't you make Aquaman look like Aquaman? You know, like with you know, he wants the straight out of the comic, the orange top, green pants, blonde hair, white guy. You know, mm-hmm. and. I don't know. It's like, to me, it just doesn't bother me. We've seen so many different iterations of these characters, you know, yeah. and like, I I just think, you know, yeah, it, his argument was like, you know, doing these, making these changes doesn't make it more real, but I will say, you know, it doesn't necessarily make it more real, but stylistically, it makes more sense. You know, there's some, there's some thought put behind this stuff, you know, like, they did their, you know, they look at people who have li- generally island cultures or people mm-hmm. who live based, you know, off of sea life and things like that, you know, Polynesian cultures and their history. And that's, I think, where they get designs like this. Yeah, so there's, 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 there is logic behind the decision. It's yeah. not just, we don't like Aquaman, so we're going to make our own Aquaman, which mm-hmm. is, I think, where some of these. I think some of this reaction comes from is that kind of thought is, oh, they couldn't do Aquaman because Aquaman's too silly, so they're doing this other thing. Yeah. But there is logic behind it. It's like, what, who are the people of the sea? Who do live in the ocean? Like, who who are very connected to it? It is these Pacific Islanders, you know? Yeah. We've got this guy who is a fantastic actor who's a Pacific Islander. Yeah. Uh, let's ask him about and it. And dress him up like Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. And give him a trident, and let's see how that works, and I think it looks good. Yeah. The, 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 what's the opposing argument? Well, he should have an orange shirt, shirt and pants because that's what he's always had. Like, there's, there's not a lot of reasoning behind that. It's just a design, you yeah. know? Like, where at least I, I feel like for a lot of these things, you know, there's some reasoning behind it. Like you yeah. said, you know, so it it's it's a justified change in my mind. So sorry, Ralph. You know, you're, you're a well respected guy, but uh, you just I guess you just can't. We can't always but all he, get what he, we want. He hated Dark Knight Rises, right? I think so. I think he did, and I think he hated. He Man definitely of Steel. hated Man of Steel. So he definitely had a problem with like, the muted version of, of yeah of you know the Henry Cavill suit. He has he has his idea of what these characters should be, as we all do. <coughs> um, He's and and kinda, I respect that. Yeah. But it's just, you know, like... He's a diehard comics guy. Right. And he, he wants it to be, which is why he, he generally praises a lot more Marvel, because it seems like there is less of that kind of translation, I suppose you could call it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, it's they're still translating. They still make changes. Yeah. It's just... Listen, you know. if, if Aquaman was in a black jumpsuit... I'd be right there with you. Yeah. I'd have my torch in hand. Actually, <laughs> yeah, um, but, <laughs> but he's not. You know, he's in, fantastic for <laughs> yes. He is in the green pants. He's got the Aquaman symbol. He's got the trident. He like he looks like Aquaman. It's yep. not a complete cop out. Right. He looks like Aquaman. Absolutely agreed, a hundred percent. So. So, well, you know, hopefully with more shots of him coming out and stuff, maybe, you know, sometimes with the promo shot, it's a little bit more difficult, you know, and sometimes it just takes seeing him in action and then and then people are sold, you know. So I'm sure that will be the case. So moving on, uh, Hans Zimmer was just sort of cornered at the uh, 
Academy Awards uh, last week, and of course he couldn't get away from questions about Batman v Superman uh, because you know anybody involved in these movies uh, is as we've talked about before even ready even to at the Oscars take, yeah you're nominated for Interstellar but yeah. we want to talk about Batman exactly and, and the interview is great because the the guy interviewing him of course asks that and he goes oh, of course like it seems like it's almost like his first one of his first interviews he's doing there mm-hmm. and immediately the guy asks about it um, so he said. It was asked basically whether or not he, uh, you know, what the process was like and whether or not he had developed any individual character-specific themes. You know, obviously like a Wonder Woman theme, etc. And he said, I'm trying. We'll put it that way. We're in the early days. But yes, of course, ideally, that's what you want to do. And he also talked about how he is not scoring Batman this time because he's scored Batman for the last 10 years. He said, you have to remember that I come from 10 years of doing Batman, so it's really important for me to not betray the work we did with Chris Nolan. And it's it's reinventing it, and the way I'm reinventing it is that I'm getting my friend <clears throat> Junkie XL to do Batman. It's a bit of a different tone. So after this, seeing that interview, I'm like, who's Junkie XL? Because <laughs> off the top, that name doesn't scream like, you know, composer. movie composer. <laughs> yeah. it's, it yeah. really extremes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, electronic dance <laughs> is what it Gotham's, extremes. Gotham's latest club. <laughs> the inside of the, the outside. The, the outside pick, of the inside. The ice pick lounge. <laughs> and it's being DJed by Junkie XL. <laughs> Odd point. <laughs> I, 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 we don't know whether or not he sounds like that, but I did look up his IMDb, IMDb page, and he's known for doing a lot of uh, different tracks and a lot of smaller movies, but... Composing wise, he's recently uh, he's just working on right now in post production Mad Max Fury Road, um, so that's a huge one. He did Three Hundred Rise of an Empire. I didn't catch that, uh, and then um, Run All Night, which is the new Liam Neeson one. So kind of an action based composer. I mean, if Hans Zimmer trusts him, you know that's probably a good sign. I'm I'm ninety nine percent with you. Yeah, uh, I just hope we don't get an Amazing Spider Man two. Where it's Hans Zimmer plus six other people, and it's just a mess. That was a nightmare. That was one of the the worst. It's the only Hans Zimmer score I've not liked. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I think I'm with you. And it was bizarre. I didn't even... I forgot that he was even involved in that. It's probably for the best. it's so bad. Yeah. Uh, And... But... (sighs) So, here it's just one collaborator, and that's, that's already a step in the right direction. Right. And it sounds like the bulk of this will be done by Hans, and... Oh... Generally, his work is fantastic. I don't think Junkie XL is going to stray too far from right. his, you know, and expertise. I, yes, and I love the idea of like I loved what he came up with with Superman for Man of Steel. Totally, uh, I can't wait to see what he comes up with for Aquaman and Wonder Woman, and then oh. to weave a new Batman theme into it. I mean, I'm so excited! Like, I live for these scores, and so I can't wait to see what they come up with. But. Oh. Uh, Hans has only let me down once over the past right. 25 years, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty he good. He knows what he's doing, generally. I mean, yeah, that one, I I get it. You know, you, sometimes you got to try something new, but, you know, doesn't always work. And I think that was a massive, in my eyes, a massive fail and a complete distraction from the, so... the entire character. It was like, what is happening right now? Mm-hmm. It's like... Is this voiceover? What I don't I don't get it. Uh, so, anyways, we have faith, Hans. Obviously, you you uh, you have definitely proven yourself. So, I'm sure that uh, Junkie XL will hopefully do us proud. So, we'll see. I hope he will. Um, also, at the Academy Awards, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson was there, and uh, MTV caught up with him and asked him about Shazam, and he said this: "It may happen a little earlier than what we had predicted." 
The script is coming in, it's great, and the support from the studio has just been great. It's just a great opportunity, especially with Black Adam. We can take this guy who starts off as a bad guy, turns into an anti-hero. We can make it vicious, a little bit of winking charm. So I think the biggest and most exciting thing about this is we might get Shazam earlier than we thought. Yeah. Which is awesome because yeah. everyone expected it to be earlier in the slate <coughs> because right. they had cast him. And, sure. and you know, in uh, The Rock was out there hyping it up. And then when they announced the release date, it was 2019. And we're like, wow, that feels really mm-hmm. far out. Mm-hmm. Um but it's nice to hear that they're working on it, that the script is good. Uh, they still have to hire a director and cast Shazam. Sure. But uh, but it sounds like things are, are, are moving right along, which is awesome. And, and if we don't have to wait as long to see it, I think that's just even more exciting. Absolutely, yeah. I think there's a lot of times, uh, I'm sure, where these guys are influenced by the buzz, you know, like, and definitely uh, Dwayne Johnson, he's got, he, he gets a lot of buzz. He's excited about this stuff, you know, he's... A big buff superhero ass guy already, you know, mm-hmm. and even though, yeah, he's playing bad guy antihero, you know, Black Adam. Um, obviously, you know, we've seen him play kind of more. We've seen him play both sides, you know, and he's likable either way. Mm-hmm. And so, I would not be surprised if this gets pushed up because I think it's kind of just before what Justice League Two, I think, in the slate. I don't recall. Sorry, sorry. We, you don't need to look it up. It's fine. But. Um, He's oh, going to look it up. He's going to look it up. Or we're going to hear about yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Scanner. Scanner. Just relax. We're looking it up. Uh, <laughs> so I think it's. I think it might be butting up against Justice League Part 2. And then I think Green Lantern is the, the following one after So Shazam uh, 2019. It looks like fall of 2019. Okay. So it would be... Or it might have been summer of 2019. It doesn't have the specific date, but it's... Um, I mean, it's four years away. It's after Justice League Part 2. Yeah. Oh, it's after. See, yeah, yeah. that's even crazier. That's, yeah, I I don't think that'll last. I don't think that'll stick. I think people are going to want to see some rock before. I agree. Beforehand. Like, before we get into a second Justice League movie. I mean, that almost feels like getting a, you know, like, if they would have done Thor after this upcoming Avengers. You right. know what I mean? Like, even, yeah. well, even though he's obviously a part of the Avengers you know, he's he's kind of like a a more tertiary character, arguably, de- depending on who you're talking to. But you know, he's he he needed that introduction early on. You know, and I feel like if you know Shazam and Black Adam are going to be a part of this shared universe, um, it just depends on how much they're involved. But you know that it would be wise for them to bring him into the fold sooner. But I guess it, it's difficult because. You know, what do you do? You wait and do all of these movies first. You know, if Green Lantern is part of the Justice League, him having his own movie, you know. But we've seen, obviously, they can introduce these characters in these big, you know, group movies as well. So, actually, no. Shazam, it looks like now, is it's actually before Justice League Part 2, but still 2019. Okay, okay. But still, that's... The first one I found had had mixed them up. But anyway, regardless, love to see more. Yeah, we hope to see it sooner, for sure. Uh, yeah, love that he's excited. It, it is interesting to talk about Black Adam as an anti-hero. In the comics I have read, I've never known Black Adam to be an anti-hero. I've only known him to be a villain. Yeah, I mean, he basically, yeah, but from what I've read, and I haven't read a lot, I've mostly just, the, the more recent one was the, the um, Frank, um, crap, I can't think of his name. It was it was the in the back of the Justice League. Yeah, yeah, it was the Jeff comic Johns book. Yeah, right? the Jeff Johns one. Yeah, yeah. and it was which I, I loved, by the way. Yeah, Gary Frank was the guy who oh the, the artist. Yeah, yeah, the artist who's 
Wonderful. Fantastic. I think this says a lot about us. I know the writer, you know the artist. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Yes. And together we are powerful. Um, So, you know, in that, he he really was. He was just, he was the villain, straight up. Right. And, you know, kind of Shazam's character was the one that was kind of going through turmoil up and down, you know, as a, as a, you know, a child even, especially, you know, but there wasn't a whole lot of black and or gray area with with black yeah it was really like I said, never in what i mean i'm sure there's someone out there listening who knows better than than i that there was maybe a point where black adam was more heroic in his actions and, and yeah. did, did th- some things for good it's just in in my limited shazam scope i've only known him to be a villain so it's it'll be interesting to see where they go with this well isn't he an ancient i don't know this we may be getting out of our breath here but um if only Brian was here. If only Brian, gosh, that whoever that is, he, oh, that guy. He said his diarrhea is cured, so that's good. Uh, yeah, so what excuse do you have now, Brian? Huh? <laughs> we miss you. Uh, so, anyway, I, I won't get into it, but yeah, it's like, it seems that they, they, have, similar, they have similar powers and everything, yeah. so I could see, you know, them, them going either way or changing it up or doing, you know, and obviously with The Rock, it's very easy to see them wanting to make him kind of like a empathetic villain, if anything, you know, where right. where you're like, well, he's a bad guy, but you know, he's kind of like Loki, like you like him, you know, you yeah. you want him, or, or you want like him. A or lot Zod. of pe- a lot of people really, I don't know, I don't know if they want to say sympathized with Zod, but like they understood, they, they understood more than they expected to. Yeah, exactly. So it, it will be great. I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, moving forward, talking about some Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. Uh, Margot Robbie is out there doing the press circuit for Focus, which I like to think is the prequel to Suicide Squad. It really Squad. is. I know. It's, it's I, That's the only reason I want to see it. Yeah. Is because, like, let's see how these guys interact. It's because I want to see the two of them together. <laughs> um, but she may be playing Harley Quinn more than once. Uh, she, in an interview, she got asked about the possibility of playing Harley Quinn again. She said, yeah, that's daunting. You don't need to have commitment issues to be frightened by the fact that you might have just signed 10 years of your life away. But with her, it's a character I don't think would ever get boring, ever. So if you did Suicide Squad 1, 2, and 3, I would be over the moon about it. Now, let's be real. She signed a multi-picture deal. I'm sure. I, I guarantee you. Yeah, they, they would they don't. In they don't this day and age, yeah. they don't well, sign the these folks mm-hmm. without doing a multi-picture yeah, deal. Yeah, you want to lock them in just in case because... There's a lot of gambling that, you know, a lot riding on these movies, and they want to set up, you know, DC has definitely, or Warner Brothers, both, have gone in, thrown the gauntlet. I mean, that press release this last year was just the epitome of gauntlet thrown. Like, mm-hmm. everyone's been like, oh, DC's dragging their feet. They don't know what to do with their characters. They have these popular characters, and they're like, okay, <clears throat> here's the film slate for the next nine years with so many, with. Two Justice League movies and I can't remember what eight or seven different movies. I, I shouldn't do this. I'm so I'm so sorry, because Andy is going to fact check every time. Uh, but that's what keeps us uh, honest around here. Andy and, and Scanner, of course, right, keeping us honest. Uh, so <clears throat> you know, ten movies in the next five ten. years. Okay, yeah, ten in the next five years. five years. Yeah, what did I say? Nine. So I got that flipped. Flip flap. Uh, <clears throat> they are committed. Is the bottom line. Yeah. And they're not playing around. They are going to... I cannot imagine why they wouldn't already be talking. It's kind of a funny thing to ask Margot Robbie. Like, do you think you'd play Harley Quinn again, even though you haven't played her yet? Yeah. But 
in this day and age, like you say, not unreasonable at all. Like, it's completely... Everybody thinks franchise. Everybody thinks multiple pictures. Even, you know, so people are... People are, are halfway through the first movie, and they're like, what's the next one going to be like? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I it makes sense to ask that of, oh, not only are you excited to play Harley Quinn, but how are you excited to play Harley Quinn for the next ten years? It would be interesting to get some, you know, introspective on these actors. and Because, you know, you think about all the guys that have... I mean, it's a life-changing thing. I mean, potentially you are known forever as this character. And as an actor... Yeah. You know, that kind of fame is fantastic, but that's got to be a big commitment, you know? Like, what if you wanted to be a certain type of actor? You know, like, there's a reason I think somebody like Ryan Gosling, you know, has turned down these. Doesn't want to do it. Because he likes doing his... And and word is that now Jake Gyllenhaal is kind of opposed to it, too. I could see that, because he did, you know... He's done some kind of movie. I mean, he did, um, what's it, Prince of Persia? Prince of Persia. Which maybe, I, maybe he's burned by that. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I loved it. Okay, I, good. <laughs> I thought I was the only one. No, you're not. It's it's kind of ridiculous, but I love that movie. It's really, it's just I very it fun. fun. Yeah. It's very fun. Uh, and <laughs> we may be brandishing our... <laughs> our uh, our, uh, uh, and opinions. and half the listeners just turned off the show. Exactly. Yeah, we're, we're our hey, reputation. I like Green Lantern for. too. Yeah. So exactly. hey, 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 goodbye, everybody. Yeah, see you guys. It's Thanks been for fun. listening. <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyways, so it, it is interesting to see someone. She's kind of a more new famous actress, but I mean, she's obviously got a lot of potential. So at this height of her career, kind of really ramping up to make this commitment, just shows obviously, you know how big these movies are. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's a strategy for longevity in your career. Yeah. These guys, they know, they're like, I sign into a franchise, mm-hmm. I have a guaranteed payday every two years for the next 10 totally. years. Totally. Uh, and then in between those, I can do whatever I want, mm-hmm. and whether it's successful or not, it doesn't matter. No. And that's what these guys do, and that yeah. makes perfect sense. Yes. You know, uh, You know, Tom Hiddleston is doing that. Yeah. Uh, look at... Uh, Chris Evans, you know, between mm-hmm. Captain America movies, he made Snowpiercer, which yeah. actually turned out to be great. Fantastic. But it's a small movie that he <laughs> sure. wasn't sure anyone was going to see. Yeah. But he's allowed to do that. Yeah, you, you know? know, and it's crazy because, it, and it's hard for these guys, I'm sure, to break out of these roles. But you know, you're not watching Snowpiercer and going, "That's Captain America the whole time," which right. is great, you know. And it gives them a chance. People, to are, really... I think people, yeah, people are more open to seeing them differently mm-hmm. than they were. Back in the Superman the movie days when Christopher Reeve got pigeonholed. Yeah, exactly. Or Adam West, for that matter. Right. You know, the same kind of thing. So either way, it's great. They, it shows them taking it seriously. I read somewhere that Jared Leto was talking about the Joker, and he considers it like a Shakespearean yeah. Like, role. Yeah, that That is great. Those are the guys that you want playing these roles. There are people that don't take these movies seriously. That's fine. You know, they're not for everyone, obviously. You know, yeah. they, they try to make them for everyone, but they can't get everyone. Some people just aren't interested. Uh, but, you know, these are the kind of actors that you want. Somebody like Jared Leto, who's saying this is like a Shakespearean, like, role. It's like, yeah, that's taking it seriously, clearly. So, yeah. so we're pumped. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully there are multi, uh, multiple movies after this. Uh, so moving on, David Ayer... That tweeting fool, he is just a fantastic tweeting maniac. So he just continues to do kind of, I think, what a lot of people always talk about. Like, hey, you know, I think Kevin Smith said at one time, like, you know, just who cares? Like, go to the Man of Steel set and, you know, take a picture of the bathroom and you say, you know, the Man of Steel, you know, yeah. like bathroom or whatever. It's like, this is the kind of stuff that it's like, you know, give us what, give the people what they want. Even if, because sometimes, you know, it's like, well, 
they end up like being like, well, I don't really care. But it's fun. It's fun to see the, the process. So Ayer has tweeted a couple more pictures. Uh, he tweeted a picture of um, some bricks being made with the hashtag, uh, with the tweet, making bricks, hashtag squad. Uh, and then another tweet saying, and I quote, the craftsmanship that goes into a film set is astounding. The carpentry, sculpture, and painting is world class, hashtag squad. Gotta love that, dude. Like the 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 recognition to the to the guys that build these sets, and mm-hmm. especially right. traditional set building and miniature work is is kind of a rare thing nowadays. So it's it. I'm totally coming, obviously, from my world. I'm a sculptor and stuff. So um, that kind of thing is what I really appreciate when somebody goes out of their way to do, and they don't always. So. Thank you for doing that, David Ayer. And also, just another tweet. He basically uh, had a pair of lights, one that kind of looked LED, uh, like LED lights and some classic um, bulbs. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, a pair of lights with a tweet, testing new iPad-controlled lights, old-school light on left, hashtag squad. So, yeah, I tweeting what he can. I love it, yeah. man. Uh, you know, bricks and lights. Bricks you know, and lights. That's, that's air. But you he's know? excited. He's excited. And we're excited. Yeah, and he's giving us little inklings, you know, here and there. And it's just, you know, just keeps it keeps it fresh. Keeps it, you know, keeps us kind of watching what he's doing and keep it, keeps us interested. Yeah, I know? love that. So Throw us a cookie every now and then, David Ayer. We love it. Yep. Uh, moving forward to video games. Uh Batman Arkham Knight has received a mature rating and releases a new trailer. So Arkham Knight is the first game in the series to receive an M rating, and according to Hill... Uh, who's Hill? What is that? What? It says, according to Hill, Warner Brothers has been given the studio... Has given the studio... Crap. Maybe Hills is a producer. My bad, yeah. I forgot to put the the source. It's fine. Uh, Warner Brothers has given the studio the okay to proceed without compromising the studio's original vision, despite the potential losses created by narrowing the consumer audience. Uh, They said, from our point of view, we never wrote it or made it with a rating in mind. Uh, We never did that in the previous two games. We just felt this is the story we really wanted to tell. I'm not blind to the fact that the M rating does mean some fans will miss out. I don't want to be oblivious to that fact. It would have been wrong to water down the game and deliver a story we didn't believe in to keep the game, mass market, or enable it for more people. We feel that's the wrong way to go about it. We said we love the story and we don't want to jeopardize that. Uh, so this is interesting. Um, now I haven't I haven't played the previous games and I've I've admitted that before and again it's it's this, this I, is where I this, I yeah, step you know in and you, I can... you feel free to I just I just I just want to say uh, I think it's a bummer to to go with an M for a Batman game yes the Arkham games have always skewed older anyway mm. uh, but I had a huge huge conversation with some of my other Batman friends about this uh, online and it's just the more you get adult themed Batman stuff the more you are cutting out the kids who are growing up today who want Batman. I agree, and and that's a bummer. Yeah. As far as the game itself, I'm like, I, it, it it doesn't affect my life because, like I said, I still need to play the first game, mm-hmm. then the second, mm-hmm. then the you know. Like, so <laughs> by the time I play this, I'll be I'll be a senior, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, they should rate it senior for me. And I'll, <laughs> I'll eat my applesauce and play this. In the, in I the, can't see the TV. Is that Batman? Am I Batman? <laughs> yes, yes, Andy, you're Batman. It's great. You're doing uh, great. So anyway, those are just my quick thoughts. No, totally. I, I you know, it's one of those things that I, it's weird for me to. Think think about these ratings really inhibiting people because it's like kids all throughout the world are playing Call of Duty and that's shooting true. each other. That's true. So that's as mature as it gets in my opinion because it's very and realistic. M, right? Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm, I can't imagine it's not. Yeah, um, the I mean, link, like, yeah they're, they're all playing 
yeah. GTA or whatever yeah. version that is right now. Yeah, and that's that's definitely an M. That's an M. Um, <clears throat> that may be an X. I don't even know what rating that is, but it's it's got to be. It's the highest they go, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's unnecessary. It's like we've talked before when there's. Uh, you guys were talking about on the your on Holy Badcast, the Throne of Atlantis uh, podcast. You're talking about some yeah. of the swearing and some of that stuff. You know, um, I'm with you. Like, I think it's unnecessary most of the time. You yeah. Know? If the swearing, if the swearing can be left out if that helps the rating. Some of the violent stuff. I the previous games, the premium Arkham get previous Arkham games have not been terribly violent. Some of the Scarecrow stuff gets a little scary. There's a Mad Hatter sequence that's kind of like trippy and and stuff in the, I think in Origins or in City maybe. I think it's City, Arkham City. Um, But overall, thematically, it it doesn't really make a lot of sense. My guess is that maybe the addition of the guns with concussive grenades and rubber bullets and some of the other things that they've added yeah, to Arkham Knight. There's a lot more gunplay. And I think Makes that sense. may be what has driven to this point. If there's a bunch more swearing, you know, yeah, I, I'm i with them. Don't change the story, but it's you're not changing the story by cutting out a swear word, you know? like, right. And if you have a few here and there when necessary or when it, like there's heightened emotion, I think people can get over that. Yeah. But when you like when it's so casually thrown in there, as you guys express, like at the end of a line, like where it could have just not even been there at all. Yeah. That's when it's like it's very disappointing. Because, yeah. Because because as I could see, I'm no not point. a parent, but I could see if my kids were playing that. Yeah. Like and I, I heard that. Like you know, I had to take say, my cats out of the room when I watched that because I didn't <laughs> want them to hear that kind of language. You don't. You don't want to expose them to that early. They're going to be too innocent. Yeah. Next day, you walk in the room. They're playing with their little mouse, and they look up at you, and they just say the and S like, word, don't. and you're like, "What? Well, don't? Yes. I know what's on your mind. I know you want to say it, but don't say it. I know." Uh, so yeah, but no, I, I I get I, yes, I'm all, all good points. I think um, the violence doesn't bother me either because it's a Batman game. You're gonna be punching people in the face. Yeah, that, I mean you don't want to lose that. Yeah, and it and it does not get it doesn't get bloody really. Right. You know, like it all the beating up stuff. It's never that violent. So I I really. I don't know what's brought it to this You'll level. let me know. Yeah, I will. You'll I buy will. it and play through it, and you'll let me know. You're darn right I will. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, the new trailer. Uh, did you you watch the new trailer? Okay. Didn't catch the new trailer. See, that, like I said, this is my world. You know, you got Legion of Heroes. I got I got the Batman yeah, games. Yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> uh, it looks great. It looks fantastic. You know, this is kind of more of a demo of kind of the, some of the in-game stuff. More of the stuff we've seen before is like more of the theatrical stuff, the crazy high polish. Right. You know, right. the not Which I have watched in the past. Yeah. And it looks fantastic. It looks beautiful. Um, and this one, this game is kind of led by Scarecrow this time. So maybe there's some stuff with that mm-hmm. um, bringing up, you know, there's been a lot of stuff where there's a scene in one of the old games where you relive. And walk through the alleyway where your parents, you know, the Waynes are killed. Right. That's pretty heavy. Still didn't res- get an, an M rating. So we'll see what happens. The trailer looks awesome, of course. I can't wait. Um, it's it's kind of like this is a full rogues gallery where the last one kind of had some of the more uh, side characters. I mean, this is like Harley Quinn, Joker. Uh, well, actually, we haven't seen Joker yet. Uh, Harley Quinn, Two Face, uh, Poison Ivy, um, Riddler, and Pe- Riddler, right? Riddler, of course, and the Penguin, um, basically teaming up together to, to try and kill Batman. It's kind of the yeah. the conceit of this entire storyline. So it's the big finale for the Arkham games. Is it? Is it supposed to be the last? It's one? It's supposed to be the last one made by. I'd be um, shocked. Rocksteady. Oh, okay. But I mean, it's. Uh, well, the last one was made by Warner Brothers Studios. Because so, they did Origins, which was kind of... I think, it wasn't Rocksteady, right? Yeah, it was It was the Warner Brothers, uh, their own creative team. Which, it honestly, 
same game. It's just a, kind of an intro story, yeah. but plays the same, you know, stylistically a little bit different. But overall, I mean, I think it's just the the run of this these Arkham games, this style or this probably this universe essentially will be ending. But guaranteed, we're gonna get more. Right. I, yeah. Right. I mean, they're huge. So, yeah. anyways, not to go on too long about it, but. Pumped about it, and I can't wait to play it. So I'll let you guys know how that is and why it's mature once yeah, I get around to let playing us know. it. <laughs> uh, moving forward to merchandise, uh, the Joker and Harley Quinn. There is a new Joker and Harley Quinn statue based on the iconic Alex Ross painting. A newly released statue captures the iconic artwork of the two and can be yours for the low, low price of $249.95. Oh, so cheap. Cents. So cheap. Uh, this piece is sculpted by the fantastic Tim Bruckner, who has sculpted two other couple statues of Batman and Catwoman and Superman and Wonder Woman. So if you like those, you'll love this one. Go to the DC Collectibles Facebook page and get a good look at this fantastic statue. Also check out Tim Bruckner's making of the Superman and Wonder Woman statue called The Kiss at muddycolors.blogspot.com slash p slash tim dash bruckner dot html. <laughs> Beautiful. So, yeah. I, I faced that might, and was like, why you, you might want to just Google Tim Bruckner Muddy Colors. Blog. Or blog. Or Muddy Colors, yeah. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful statue of the Joker and Harley. It's that Alex Ross image that's fantastic. Uh, looks so great. iconic. Looks yeah, great. it looks just like the, the image. And, yeah, I just had to plug Tim Bruckner. He... He does fantastic sculpts. He's done so many that you definitely have seen a million times. And one of the coolest parts about his work is how he makes these, like the the kiss with um, Wonder Woman and Superman. You know, he uses the clouds as their support and kind of ties them together. So he does has really unique ways to make them feel like they're free flowing and not locked down to a base. Uh, and his his work is just incredible. So de- just check out Tim Bruckner. He deserves all this accolade. He's an incredible sculptor. So uh, moving on. A little something for the kitties. We got yeah. a little bit, uh, uh, guys. Steve Rogers, I believe I remember that name from the Facebook page because he's, you know, he's Cap. He's Captain America. So, <laughs> he's a DC fan too. So Steve Rogers posted it out on the Batman Universe Facebook page, and I had to throw this up here. But basically, there's these adorable Justice League uh, itty bitties from Hallmark. So they're little plush fabric, three inch by four inch by two inch, little tiny Justice League heroes of. Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, and The Flash. And uh, we get a smiling Batman, you know? It happens every once in a blue moon. He's just a happy little guy. If you transform, yeah, if you transform Batman into a tiny little Justice League plush, he'll smile. He'll crack a little smile for you. Yeah. So those are available now, and, you know... You got to throw these in there too because they're adorable. Especially considering it's like I think these are about seven dollars, which is you know I can afford that exactly. You know that Tim Bruckner statue, exquisite detail, wonderful. Two over two hundred dollars. Less affordable yeah, for me. So. Less, less, less of a just pick it up on your way home from work. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. So let's move into a little listener feedback. Uh, before we get into what's here, just while I have it pulled up, uh, we did hear back from our old friend Scanner51, Jesus Cazada. Yeah, Jesus. Because on the last episode, uh, we were... we. We were discussing that, and we were like, Scanner hates us. Yeah, why? Why do you hate us? And he just said, hate no boys, nothing but respect and love. Oh, I love it. Hashtag confirmed. Yes, sir. So there we go. Love and respect confirmed. I love it. And I don't know if you noticed last episode. I did notice. So for those of you who were listening and were like, what the hell was that? Uh, We do have an official confirmed confirmed sound. So if you hear the stamp, that's what it is. Hashtag confirmed, which you're going to hear right now. 
All right. Fantastic. I heard it. I heard it. Did you? Yeah, I did. You have a good imagination. In the future, I heard it. Because I put it in in post. (laughs) Uh, Going to other listener feedback, uh, we heard from Alex Hay. He said, I've been enjoying your discussions of hypothetical bat films, and I have a would-you-rather question based on those discussions. Would you rather see a live-action Batman Beyond film directed by Tim Burton and starring Michael Keaton, or one directed by Christopher Nolan starring Christian Bale? Hmm... I don't even have to answer because you know my answer. Yeah, I know your answer. But are we talking? This is the this is the thing. I always do. I do. I like doing this. Like okay, especially with Tim Burton. Are we talking Tim Burton now, or Tim Burton back in nineteen ninety? Probably now, because now Michael Keaton's the right age. Right. Well. Oh. What if What if Keaton was still was playing Terry McGinnis? Oh my god! <laughs> Does that change your answer? I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, you're just assuming he's going to be Bruce, but maybe he's not. Okay, maybe he's. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, for me, it's it's. Well, yeah, who would Christian Bale play? He's too old. Be, he was would, too, too too old to play Terry McGinnis. It would be Bruce, but I think it would have to be. In another twenty years or so. Yeah. So it's just not fitting. So, so time if, slot. if we if we if we just go under the assumption that Keaton would be Bruce, Bale would be Bruce, uh-huh. but they would just be doing it at the the appropriate time for them to be the right age. Yeah. There's a couple factors here because we're talking the actors, obviously their ages, their stylistic approach, and then we're talking about directors and their stylistic approach. So. Maybe, maybe we can piece this apart a little bit. I mean, I don't know if that makes a difference for you. But for me, obviously Keaton... Okay. He, obviously Keaton is, you know, more fitting for an older Bruce Wayne, you know? Right. But I feel like with the kind of a newer style, I, I can envision... Well, Nolan would probably ground it a lot. And, and actually Batman Beyond is pretty fantastical in a lot of senses, mm-hmm. which would be very fitting for Burton. So actually, you know, I'm going to go with Burton. Even though I will say as of late, Burton... Because some of his style has not been 100% for me. Uh-huh. I feel like he would embrace some of those more fantastical elements. Whereas the Batman Beyond uh, for Nolan, I'm sure stylistically would look really cool. I would probably prefer stylistically how he makes it. But I I don't like how he... I wouldn't like how I would be afraid he would ground this too much. Right. Far too much. Where it's supposed to be a very futuristic thing. Yeah, right. If he could let that go, I probably would choose... Uh, Nolan, but based just off of history and style and kind of what this story is, what the Batman Beyond story is, I'm gonna have to go with Burton. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I go with Burton as well, uh, just because the future of Gotham does lend itself more to uh, to fantasy. Yes, and 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 that approach. And so, um, although Nolan is one of his favorite movies is Blade Runner, so you know he might want to do a that futuristic Gotham. That's uh, very true. But for me, I, I think Burton and Keaton could do this right now and you could have this concurrent Bat franchise with the Ben Affleck Batman because it's in the future. It doesn't, it doesn't interfere. Yeah, Because I, I think it would be great to see Burton and Keaton revisit these characters. I would love it, but... Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's my choice. Burton. No, I, I, I'm with you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one though because I think there's a lot of different factors here, but if we're talking about the here and now... If this were hypothetical now, which one would we choose? Yeah, I'd, I'd have to go Burton as well. So, 
Okay. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention, uh, just really quick. Uh, we saw it, and I forgot to put it in the show notes, but there's a guy that, um, an R&D student, I, I forget what university he went to, but you'll just find it, look it up. A, a guy, a young guy, made his own Batman costume uh, for like $1,200, which I thought was so hilarious. Somebody somebody was like, he made this for $1,200? Bruce Wayne, you're a hack. Uh. So I thought, that was, I thought that was awesome. But a bunch of uh, videos of his roommates it looks like punching him and, and stabbing. Him stabbing himself which you know more than qualified I'm sure to, to yeah. do that professionally but it's just really cool you know that you know people are doing stuff like this so go online and check that out it's, it'll be easy to find but that about wraps us up here at the Batman Universe podcast thank you guys for checking in with us don't forget to check out all the other podcasts on the batmanuniverse.net and leave us your feedback and your comments and we'll more than likely read them on the show as we have been doing and don't forget to also check out our sister podcast the Holy Batcast which is hosted by Andy DeGenova hey and something something we never throw in but I'll go ahead and throw it out there just for the heck of it uh, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter oh, yeah. uh, you can follow Jamie on Twitter at Batman Pop Tart I'm all, incredibly active all on one word I think I have one tweet on there yeah so. so if you'd like to read his tweet <laughs> Batman Pop Tart uh, and then you can follow me at Andy DeGenova A-N-D-Y-D-I-G-E-N-O-V-A I I tweet more often than Jamie. Just follow Andy. Uh, like, uh, truthfully, just with, follow Andy. You know, like when I watch Go- Gotham and Flash and stuff, I tweet. Definitely that. follow so, Andy. So I, check yeah. those out if 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 you're a, a Twitter goer. If not, no Twitterer, worries. I believe is what they call it. Yes. Twitterer. But that about wraps us up. So thanks for checking in, guys, and we will talk to you in Gotham next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. The Batman Universe is not affiliated with Warner Brothers or DC Entertainment. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the participants are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the companies or organizations that they happen to work for. But thanks for joining us for this episode, and we will see you around Gotham.